Dun, 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 dun. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome back. It's been uh, uh, it's been a minute. Hey, Andrew. It's been uh, too long. It's been, it's been <laughs> too long. We uh, welcome to Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about taking your passion project, maybe as a maker, and getting it to the next level, making a run at it. Uh, I am your host. Pooch of Repcord with me today, as always, my trusty sidekick, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. I'm excited to be back at it. I've missed you all. Greetings to everybody that's joining us live in the chat. Uh, we had a heck of a June, eh, Andrew. A lot of travel. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, we, we had Murph, which was exciting. That's the Midwest Rep Rap Festival. So if... Uh, if you're listening back to this and haven't heard of the Midwest Rap Rap Festival, uh, we highly recommend checking it out. It's a very big 3D printer. It's like the the mecca of 3D printing, right? The in the heartland oh, yeah. where people go yeah. and uh, experience awesome three, 3D <laughs> 3D printing projects and whatnot. But that was fun. Uh, I also spent some time in the UK with our good friends over at E3D uh, for the Sanjay Memorial. That was awesome. And uh, sadly, I was no longer able to evade COVID, and I was out a week uh, with that, which sucked. Oh, I know a lot yep. of you guys out there in uh, in in uh, you know the world have had to deal with it as well, and it's uh, no fun. But thankfully, got through it, and it was rather mild. But uh, you know, it seems like it's everywhere these days. So. Um, yep. you've been lucky though. You've inv- evaded it right up until oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I mean, shoot Murph Murph. Uh, it looked like it uh, spread everywhere. Somehow I, I got missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing the way the immune system works and whatnot, isn't yeah. it? But, uh, today, yeah. today on the show, I want to talk about some happier things, some more exciting oh, things. Um, this is, if ever there was a topic, Andrew, for the maker community, uh, it's gotta mm-hmm. be, it's gotta be this one, right? Because this is the, I think a lot of what we as makers get excited about our ability mm-hmm. to come up with creative, inexpensive solutions to problems. And when you talk about how that applies to business that, I mean, that's a huge potential leg up, right? I mean, the, oh, ad- yes. the advantage of not having to just pay for everything. Uh, and, and there mm-hmm. is a lot of stuff that as you establish and grow a business <laughs> that you have to pay for, um, but exactly. the, the ability to come up with creative solutions, uh, to save yourself money, time, or both is just so, uh, exciting and critical and, uh, all these things. And so today I really want to you know, hopefully share some stories, come up with some mm-hmm. ideas and talking about like, how do we do more with less, right? Um, yep. So important, so important. Uh, oh yeah. And it, to and and the the way I always like like to look at it is like we we need to use our mental fuel, you know, to really help drive the engine that is the the business. And I think a lot of times that might sound like a a silly, obvious mm-hmm. thing to say, but. When you get involved in the whole thing, you get moving. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. often take time to step back and brainstorm. You know what the right uh, solution oh, or a, what absolutely what a creative way to attack a problem might be. We um, we think business is just going to require throwing money at the problem, and that's uh, that's mm-hmm. not always the case. And we don't always have that luxury, right? We're both mm-hmm. we're both bootstrapped, yep. meaning we both kind of funded our own uh, thing and started from from nothing. And uh, obviously, there's different approaches. To starting mm-hmm. a company, um, yep. 
I'm a big advocate for the bootstrap for multitude of reasons, but uh, it's you know there's that's nothing against anybody that wants to go out and uh, you know seek investment or get venture funding or any of that stuff. Uh, certainly, yep. like I said, more than more than one way to approach it. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, what what is it you know you're thinking of when I, when you hear the phrase "do more with mm-hmm. less"? You know, what as a maker does that mean to you and, and what maybe strategies have you had and can you share any stories with us about, you know, getting your start being creative that way? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause there's a part of me that's at odds with another part of me. Um, (laughs) and that is the, that is the engineer in me, uh, who wants to design, uh, the, you know, perfect system. Uh, so, you know, like how it should be designed or developed or produced in a real world scenario, like, you know, we're thinking a consumer product, right? Okay. Uh, you know, I wanted the mentality of do it right the first time. Uh, but there's also the part Ooh, of me luck. who's like, um, who's like, how do we, how do we just get it good enough to work? Um, and those two are constantly at odds because on one hand, doing it right typically means spending a lot more time, more energy, maybe buying specific custom parts or, you know, like having custom engineered things or, or, you know, um, again, really driving, diving down that rabbit hole, whereas getting it done, you know, just to work. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking hot glue and popsicle sticks here, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, if you're um, fancy. Yeah. 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 So, you know, um, craft paper and, and, you know, Elmer's glue, (laughs) Um, you know, what, what can you do with what you have? And, and and it's always about just being, I guess, creative. Um, And there's, there's creative aspects in in both, in both elements. Um, And and I think the, the, the thing that's hard for, for engineer makers, you know, so these are makers that are more on the engineering side is that it's very easy to get led astray going down that rabbit hole. Oh man, Uh, (laughs) it really is. Yeah. And then, and then for, you know, the, the other crafty types, um, you know, perhaps it's, this is where it's, it's really cool because you can make something work good enough that might not be a perfect solution but hey if it works you can't really knock it right um yeah if it works it's not wrong i mean i I say it all the time what's that saying good enough for government work or whatever we're not in the government sector and stuff but uh you're constantly i find myself saying that a lot um just because I, and I'm with you. I'm the same way. You know, like mm-hmm. the the it, it's not it's not even an issue of perfectionism. It's just the that you're you're constantly weighing the uh, a stitch in time saves nine kind of uh, thing where it's like if I don't do this mm-hmm. right in the first place, it can be more painful to me oh, in yes. the long run, right? Mm-hmm. But I just need to get this thing off the ground, right? And so how do you mm-hmm. make that evaluation? And that's not always cut and dry, right? Oh, it's not. Well, and and so uh, makers that have bootstrapped or, you know, not even bootstrapped, but turned their their, you know, idea into a business. Uh, it's very easy, to, I think, to get caught up in this uh, this, uh, I guess, runaway, you know, sort of positive feedback loop where you you know that things have caused you problems in the past because as, as we grow our businesses, there are always things that happen. 
uh, and that, that cause problems. And it's like, okay, well, I don't want to experience these pains again. So now you're like, okay, well, right. I'm going to start, you know, investing more time or more energy to do it right that first time so that it doesn't bite me in the end anyways. And that sets you up for this really, I, I guess, um, you know, troublesome kind of experience where now you're, if you're not careful, you're going to constantly look just to, oh, well, you know, I, I need to, you know, throw money at the problem or I need to do this mm -hmm, in order to mm -hmm. solve this problem. Yeah. And you slowly break away from, you know, I need to just get this thing done and out the door and then iterate afterwards. Um, and it's it's a trap. <laughs> if it's you're not a careful. trap. It sure can be. It sure can be. Uh, I want to pause for a second, give a shout out to everybody that's joining us live in the chat. You guys, we record this every Friday. Well, we try to do every Friday. June was a bit of an exception, but uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, if you want to join us live, if you're listening back and you want to chime in on the chat, we've got a lot of great commentary, a lot of awesome people out there. Thank you so much for feeding that stuff, and we will get to some of that uh, very shortly. Also today, I'm not going to let you guys off the hook. We got our call in number, you know, right here. number. Yes. It's a link and stuff like that. And I really want you guys to dig deep and just spend, you know, five minutes and call in and share <laughs> a story about something you creative as a maker did that helped you solve a problem that you were proud of that didn't require spending a lot of money or time on something because I mean, that's the, that's the energy. I think that drives a lot mm -hmm. of us. Right. Uh, oh, and, and I, I love hearing it. It's like, those are those, those stories are the things that inspire me to be more creative and more thoughtful as well. So I hope you guys uh, are feeling brave. It's super simple. You, you don't show up at all. It's us just, audio you can use your phone you can use your computer all that stuff so plug for the call in line uh we'd love to we'd love to talk to you we operators are standing by as we like to say so uh there's that but to get back to what you're saying right like the the, the whole uh balancing of mm -hmm. the how do i do it right and how do i just get it out the door is mm -hmm. is just a non-stop you know, thing that's mm -hmm. in your freight in your face as a, as a business, especially. Yep. So do you have any tips and tricks or criteria or, you know, what is it that, that help you make that evaluation <laughs> or is it a gut feel for you? So a lot of times it's a gut feel. Mm. Um, but there are, and I'll say this, you know, to be again, quite frank, like we, d we get it wrong here at Gloop all the time. Mm. Uh, you know, for the past couple of years, we've been stuck where, you know, we, we have these really cool things that we're working on. We might link some, uh, you know, or we might show some, you know, upcoming products or we might send some samples out to people and they're like super excited, but yet you still don't see us actually producing that. And it's, uh, you know, we, we very quickly got caught into a trap of, well, if we're going to do it, we want to do it right. We strive to have this super high quality product, but what we forgot was kind of our roots and uh, you know it's mm. it, it's frustrating because it's like well wait a second our roots are actually what allowed us to get to where we were and instead of putting all of this energy front loading right if we get something that's that's just good enough out then we can iterate upon it afterwards mm -hmm. uh and, and you know it there should be better checks and balances. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll be the first to say that I, I don't even really know what the, you know, how you even go about creating those. Yeah. But I, I can say that, um, you know, if, if you find yourself asking questions of, okay, well, how could I do this better? Or what could I do to make this better? And you find you, you could very easily start this creeping elegance, uh, as, as I'll call huh. it, where, uh, you, you, you start it, 
you like start that. small in this like scope creep um and you want this elegant solution you had something that's that worked but now you're trying to make it better just slightly better yeah. um yeah. and it, you know diminishing returns start coming after that and well, so <laughs> i think a lot of that just comes with time and and learning to uh control your urge to just try to swing for the fences every time right like i always mm -hmm. like to say like when you're getting started especially your job is to just string together base hits Okay. Like mm -hmm. find something that is working. Mm -hmm. So a, a, a lot of it to take a step back even further is like finding your voice, finding your space, right? Because what you start out with as the business and what you ultimately mm -hmm. become may not be even remotely close, right? Sometimes it yeah. takes uh, a couple of attempts to find a, a product that resonates or that something that's unique enough, or you're not competing with others or, or, you know, just something that you thought was useful, uh, that, that may or may not be, or maybe you were ahead of its time, or maybe you're having issues just getting the message out and shouting above all the noise. L Lord knows there's mm -hmm. any number of, of challenges out there. But, um, you know, it, it all comes down to, uh, and I think, uh, CRS one, I, th I think it's Chris, uh, apologize mm -hmm. to you in the chat. He, he comes, he has a fantastic comment here and he goes, one of the biggest problems for makers is choosing between building solutions and buying solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Money cash is the lifeblood of business. It is a finite yep. resource for pretty much most of us. Uh, and so, you know, deciding what you're going to do with those things, uh, and, and where you're going to start, uh, are, mm -hmm. uh, are, are very different, right? Cause you're going to need it to not just maybe buy inventory, but pay rent or pay employees or yep. any, I mean, just tons of expenses out there. Right. And mm -hmm. so, so how are you strategizing, you know, what's going to balance the revenue and the expenses and what's a reasonable amount of runway. I mean, there's so many, so many questions. Um, I can share an anecdote personally from my start. I'll just kind of let you guys know what I, what I started with as a, as an influx for, for RepCord and what the idea for the business originally was. And maybe you'd be willing to do the same. Uh, if you don't want to talk mm -hmm. dollar figures, that's fine. Sure. I, I, I don't, I don't say this again to, uh, I, I, I prefer transparency. So this isn't meant to be sure. a brag. And I understand everybody has different uh, tolerances and, and finances to pull from. I'll just share that I started with $20,000 $20, of seed capital was what I was willing to take out of my personal savings to, to invest and give myself a runway. And I started out just on Amazon doing white label, filament, nozzles, just accessories, stuff like that. Not very exciting. Uh, <laughs> had moderate success with it in the first year, learned mm -hmm. a lot about Amazon, learned a lot about other stuff, but ultimately was not where my passion was and is not at all my focus now. Um, mm -hmm. was that enough? Was it too much? Like, could I have done more with less? Probably. Um, but I think a lot of that, that, that was just kind of a round number that I was willing to stake as a starting point, yep. uh, a lot of you guys might think, uh, well, I don't have that. And we're going to talk about that in a second. What, what is comfortable? What is a reasonable amount? What you need? Because there are plenty of people that literally start with zero. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't think you can really truly start with zero. You have to have something. No, you're starting with your, your own, your own, you know, personal capital, if you will, your time invested. Sweat right? equity, I um, like to call it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It, you know, for for Gloop, we were, I think, 
you know, I think we talked about this before. I, you know, we're somewhere around $5,000, what we had when we started. Now, we were a little bit different, right? Because we did a Kickstarter. And that got us roughly $8,000 in essentially what would call pre-orders. So that cash, that influx of cash helped us, you know, buy the reaction vessels and the necessary equipment to really scale up production, you know, pretty early on. Now, mm. that being said, we didn't have to be successful on the Kickstarter to actually launch the products. Uh, we had the means of doing that off of our own kind of personal investments uh, that we, you know, had put into the, you know, into just seeing if this was going to be something. And and that's the that's the beauty of this, where you know we, we looked at it as like we had a you know we had a couple thousand dollars each, and you know the the other Andrew and I, and we're like let's throw it in together and let's see if we can make something that is interesting. Uh, it was very low risk because you know we lose a couple thousand dollars, okay, it, you know at the end of the day you could probably make that back pretty quickly, um, depending on you know what you do for a living that sort of stuff. But mm. um, you know for for us it was it was more so what could we do to just see. Uh, you know, the bare minimum that that, you know, would turn into a potential business. Um, and so we started with, OK, let's obviously develop the product. Let's kind of, you know, get it good enough um, from there. It's like, OK, well, we need to buy the domain names and some web hosting, that sort of stuff, put it up on a website. Right. And this is where we started investing a lot of time. Uh, for, for us, we actually invested a lot of time versus dollars. Uh, you know, this was a product that we, you know, could make ourselves for relatively cheap to buy the necessary reagents in order to run the reactions, mm -hmm. uh, in small quantities. It wasn't too expensive, you know, uh, about, you know, a couple grand again, out of that, out of that budget. Mm -hmm. But the rest of that money was really just spent towards getting everything like, you know, the photos, the labels, all of that stuff to populate a website to right, then, right. you know, put up. Right. Uh, and so we really, it, you know, just, I guess, capitalize on our our time and our ability to invest, you know, that time into the business without a need for a return. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have to crack <laughs> a few eggs, right, uh, to make that omelet. Yep. And 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 a lot of times, like the amount of time it's gonna take you, uh, you know, be mm -hmm. prepared is is gonna be in the years uh, time time yep. frame, right? To like really get yep. into the black, as we like to say on the accounting structure. Like I didn't, we didn't make anything uh, in the first uh, three years, probably of of Repcord because everything just got reinvested and rolled in and I was doing it as a side hustle. And, you know, so I still had to have my other job. And so that's always a challenge too, because your, your focus is, is pulled in multiple directions. You've got to still make, make money, your livelihood, pay mm -hmm. your bills and all that stuff. Uh, so that the, that's the flip side of the bootstrap is you aren't able to just dive straight in and focus all the time. And making that leap is incredibly mm -hmm. scary, uh, when, uh, you know, depending on the circumstances of your life and, and, and all that yep. as, as well. Um, but back to what you're saying, I think a lot of it comes down to defining like, what is the minimum viable product? So we call it MVP, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, and, and I think that that's a good place for a lot of people to start, right? Mm -hmm. Not, we, we, you talked about this at the top of the show. Uh, don't get sucked into the, how do I make this thing the best ever? You know, we've talked about in the past shiny object syndrome with Dave Randolph, uh, mm -hmm. all that stuff. 
Um, look back on that, by the way, if you want to know what shiny object syndrome is, we talked about that a few episodes back, but that, that distraction is one of our, you know, the flip sides of that coin as being a maker, we want to just kind of keep iterating and, and perfecting. Yep. Minimum viable product is not something that I think comes inherently easily to us. Right. But it is critical, I think, to, uh, getting some traction and success, you know, business like, yeah, yeah. have to hold back. You have to focus your fire on mm -hmm. getting the thing off the ground. Don't spread yourself too thin by trying to do too much all at once, especially given that if you don't have cash to throw at the money, you have, mm -hmm. you have time, you only have time and yep. there's only so much of that and you're going to burn yourself out. Uh, yeah, if you, if you, that's the, that's, that's the risk well, of, of that. It, I would say. It, it, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, this kind of feeds right into the other part of, uh, of Chris's statement that, uh, you know, as makers, we don't value our time correctly. Uh, and, and that is absolutely true. Um, but you know, it, it, I think it really comes down to, uh, learning to, evaluate where is your time best spent um, instead of necessarily. And yes, this is essentially valuing your time correctly, but um, you know, there are, there are many businesses out there where, you know, the, the CEO or, or, you know, just the, the general operators or owners were like, Oh, it's not worth my time to do this. Um, you know, I'm just going to throw money at the problem where, you know, that might be a good solution for their business. Yeah. Um, and for yeah. us, what we found is, is, is there are actually, key moments uh to our that that i think we can define to our success that where we valued our time less than the money that we had mm -hmm. uh you know mm -hmm. that money was so critical to us that we had to spend every dollar maybe even every cent correctly right. and where we had a lot more time than money we would you know freely you know, chase projects or do by hand uh, what wouldn't seem viable, but it allowed us to, you know, reinvest that that very limited capital. Mm -hmm. um, and to to start, right, we actually printed all of our labels for all of our bottles by hand on a printer. Oh, we wow. then laminated them and then we cut them out on a cricket and then we hand labeled every bottle. We did this for almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's what it a takes huge sometimes. time investment. Sure. Huge time investment. But what it allowed us to do was is is if we were to go and buy labels, um, they were like 50, 60 cents a label. We could get the cost of labels, now not including our time, down to around five or six cents. So, right. you know, an order of magnitude reduction in price. And it allowed us to quickly iterate those labels. So as we made changes, right. we could quickly just print new labels, right? Not right. a big deal. Yeah. Um, and that was critical because I remember specifically, uh, you know, being able to upgrade, right, our machine to now start cutting out instead of buying pre-cut um, you know, Viton rubber seals for our caps that were incredibly expensive. Mm -hmm. We could order mm -hmm. sheets of Viton and then cut them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it was that that allowed us to get more money, right, back into our pockets to reinvest further. Right. And it's these little things that you do that, that can add up over time. 
absolutely. Uh, where, where it gets challenging is there is absolutely a point where that'll flip, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people might listen oh, yes. to that. You were like, you were hand cutting your labels, like really? I mean, was it that? <laughs> were you saving that much money from that and stuff like that? And, and mm-hmm. the answer for a lot of people is like sometimes yes. Like if you don't have, mm-hmm. can can I t- can I ask you? What, uh, mm-hmm. so you, you mentioned you did the Kickstarter. Did, did mm-hmm. you and, uh, uh, other Andrew, uh, come out of pocket personally with any funding as well, or did you only fund yeah, off the yeah, Kickstarter? No. Yeah. That was, a, so that came out of, uh, it was around $5,000 we put in before the Kickstarter. Okay. And then afterwards we continued, I, the number's probably somewhere closer to 20 now. Like, um, I don't, I don't have exact accounting on that's, that's who's getting what, that sort of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, 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 you know, most, most of it is, has been, you know, again, really tried to focus on doing this thing bootstrap wise the money that comes in we literally count it we figure out exactly where we can spin it we talk about it we plan and then Mm -hmm. we actually pull the trigger very rarely do we impulse buy things uh you know without some thinking and some planning and some (laughs) you know discussions so i I should hope not impulse (laughs) and business are not a good mix a lot of the time well it depends on what you're talking about but yes in terms of buying Mm -hmm. things yeah no impulse buy yeah that good and I'll be lying if I said, you know, uh, I didn't get excited about a piece of equipment that I wanted. And mm-hmm. then I had to step back and be like, wait, why do I want this? Is it because I actually have a business use for it or because Pooch wants to play it, with it's a, a new toy, right? <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah. so, you know, checking yourself and you're lucky you've got a partner that can kind of keep that check and balance in place, uh, for you. Um, mm-hmm. obviously that's, um, you know, that's another way to do more with less, but you can do more when you have more people. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so a lot social of times capital. people will, yeah, social capital. I think, uh, you know, Chris in the chat, I, and again, I keep calling him Chris, but I don't, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. CRS one, uh, in the chat, you know, mentions, uh, the, uh, it's all about allocating capital in all of its forms, whether it's money, time, experience, knowledge, social, etc. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think when you're first getting started, you really need to, Take a minute and take inventory of what your skill sets are. What are, you, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Right? SWOT mm-hmm. analysis. You guys ever hear of a SWOT analysis? S O S W O T. Almost didn't spell SWOT right. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Okay, and it, it's. I think it's a really simple exercise. I love it. Get a whiteboard, get a piece of paper, get whatever you've got and just write that down so you can see. Like a lot of times it's just kind of owning it, right? You may know all of this inherently, but writing down what mm-hmm. are, what are your strengths and how do you leverage that, right? So maybe you've got web design skills. Maybe you're a great salesperson, right? Maybe you you know, and by identifying those strengths and those weaknesses, you can start to see where your value is and where mm-hmm. maybe that time expenditure is worth it and where it isn't right. So it's a little bit of organization guys goes a long way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys actually ever uh, did that. I I like doing it from time to time and I I like updating it from time to time because I feel like that changes. Uh, it does. Yeah. And so that's something that, uh, you know, we haven't done a uh, necessarily a personal SWOT analysis, but we like, um, we actually won a startup competition. And um, nice. the startup competition that we won, uh, so we've won actually a few of them. Um, the first one that we won was Arch Grants. Uh, it was a, uh, it's kind of a local thing here to St. Louis. Uh, it's a global startup competition where uh, startups, there's about a couple thousand applicants each year. Uh, they all are competing for a few select spots to win $50,000 in non-dilutive um, you know, investment. 
uh, that's paid out over a year. And so we were like, hey, again, bootstrapping here, we don't have a whole lot of cash. We're profitable. We don't need the Arch Grant. But let's go ahead and look and see uh, how could we be scrappy? How could we be creative? Maybe we can apply to some of these, you know, these competitions and see if we win. Uh, yes, it's a time investment. Again, where we're like, well, if we invest our time in doing this, and it results in $50,000, that's going to be, you know, a, a significant payoff. But, uh, you know, there are other things that came with that pro bono services, connections, everything else that we couldn't exactly equate to, uh, you know, a value. But the most important thing that I would say that came out of that competition was our ability to create a business plan and literally strategize and formulate you know, exactly what we were, what 3D Glue was, what the team was, where yeah. we were going, where we were heading, our competition, you know, everything. Yeah. And it was because of that, that, that literally paid back in spades. Like so much good has come from that exercise alone that it literally led us to win two other startup competitions later on with even less time investment. Don't get me wrong. There was still time investment, but, uh, you know, being able to take what we've created there and say, well, hey, this is this is our strength as you're as you're talking about it. And these are our weaknesses. This is where we could use your help. This is why we're applying to these startup competitions. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's it, it was just a it's a really good pitch and it's a really good story. And people you know these these competition you know judges are like this is awesome this is cool uh they just sensed something different right and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's i think it's important to do that it, it, so many people undervalue creating a business plan and i for the longest time undervalued it like One, i had a previous same, startup same yeah. you know yeah i had a previous startup i hated when people told me oh have you created a business plan i'm like you don't need a dang business plan well, like come on like to be like, fair <laughs> to be fair I don't think you need a business plan the way that the traditional MBA would think sure. of a business plan. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a 50 page, you know, deck mm -hmm. of sorts. Like yep. it can literally, honestly, I would start with what is your elevator pitch, right? Like mm -hmm. if you can't refine down to like what you do, I, I, I get people asking me, all the time. What do you do? What is, what is Repcord? And it's like, it has yep. taken me years to ref, distill that down into an elevator pitch guys. For those not familiar with the term you in the amount of time you have to ride in an elevator with somebody else, can you explain what it is that you do? So a minute, you know, yep. uh, and, and again, it's one of those things that sounds silly, but it's like that define. it's the same thing with mission statements and mm -hmm. all of these things that are just like, ah, I don't need that. You, you don't really for the day to day, but it will help direct your efforts. It will help you start to be uh, uh, analytical about who you are, what you are, what mm -hmm. your goals are. Right. So I, I don't think a little, you know, time and energy spent writing down, maybe, maybe start with like a business plan in a single page or a paragraph or something, right. Yep. Just some guideline of what you're trying to do. And don't worry if that's not what you do end up doing like, do not mm -hmm. be afraid to pivot. You, yep. you haven't failed. You know, like the only time you fail is when you give up, right? You're like yep. so many amazing companies got their start doing something that is nothing related to what they do now. Right. Wasn't it yep. like, um, 
Uh, I, I'm a big advocate, guys, of, of, of reading and learning and podcasts and stuff like that. So uh, you and I both uh, love Jim Collins. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done a, a ton of amazing books. If you're into that kind of thing, uh, audiobooks and stuff, check out Good to Great, Built to Last. Um, yep. uh, and then, and there's tons of others and stuff too. We can, we could go on mm-hmm. on recommendations there, but you know, he talks about, I think it's in built to last like 3M big mm-hmm. empire and stuff. I think they got, then they get their start in something like sandpaper or something completely, mm-hmm. yep. uh, <laughs> mining equipment. I, I, I can't remember the I think details it was, of it. I think it was mine, like mining, mining equipment, equipment or in, industrial, like industrial abrasion. Yes. And then yeah. they kind of got some focus into the, you know, that, but that, not, they do everything now. They do adhesives, yep. they do all kinds of stuff. They're, you know, an empire and stuff like that. So just because, mm-hmm. you know, you set out, same thing, like, I think they talk about Hewlett Packard too. And like, yep. and they didn't even have a plan. Right. They, just they didn't even to have do a plan. Cool stuff. Literally, right, literally, right. they formed their company saying, we don't know what we want to do. We just want to do something cool, basically, is is what they Which said. Which is just <laughs> nuts when you think about it, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, we're some cool guys. I mean, that's kind of, again, that goes back to the maker you know, spirit of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know yes. what? You're but, cool, and I'm cool. We love doing cool stuff. Let's make see, a business somehow. <gasps> and that's and that's what you just highlighted there. The reason why this was was a case study is because Hewlett-Packard was, was really, it, it was about getting the right people involved um it wasn't about the actual business it was having the right people and building out that those skill sets in order to make something successful yep um so so yeah. uh i think this 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 might dovetail in interestingly so in the chat uh michael tech uh or michal i'm not sure how to pronounce that exactly but he he uh he said he you know he's interested in getting a start uh was thinking about getting a booth at uh Earth. Uh, which is coming mm-hmm. up. That's the East Coast Rep Rap Festival. So we talked about Midwest Rep Rap Festival. There's one in the East Coast in Bel Air, Maryland, coming yep. up in October, October 8-9. Uh, save the date on your calendars, guys. It'll be worth checking out. Uh, and he goes, how do you know when it's time to start uh, doing a booth? Well, a lot of that, for me, is like, no time like the present. If you've got an idea and something that Just you want to share, it. do it. Also, uh, Earth, I can tell you right now, uh, they have uh, free booth space for people that want to get their start. So, uh, if you're, even if you're wanting to start a business and I don't, I can't speak for this year cause I know it's been very popular. So I don't know if they still have availability, but if you mm-hmm. need it, you can reach out, you can DM me, uh, later I can put you in touch with the organizers or you can reach out to them directly. They're very responsive on Twitter and, and whatnot. Just tag them, uh, see if they still have stuff available. And they are very big on advocating for people that want to get their start. That is a fantastic way to just get mm-hmm. out in front of the community, talk a lot of, you know, if you have, have a brand that you've started, like I cannot advocate for that enough. We talk about strategy for doing more with less. Mm-hmm. Being part of the community, participating in the community yep. is so critical, right? Getting that name out there, getting a, uh, established, having conversations, uh, sharing ideas and stuff like that. Go to your local maker space. Go to look at meetup.com, uh, you know, events uh, that are in your area yep. and network because that's where a lot of these uh, ideas come. That's where you meet people that you can potentially partner with. Um, if you don't have a lot of money, it's okay. If you don't have a lot of money, if you can find a way to get other people excited to work with you, perhaps, 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think trade shows is a great way to do it. You mentioned a really good one that I hadn't considered, which is, you know, there's a ton of grant money and programs out there. Like do a little mm-hmm. bit of research. Like there are literally entities that want to give money to startups. So yeah, it, exactly. So here in Illinois, there's the Small Business Development Association, right? Uh, well, I think that's a that's a federally run program. Um, but uh, here in Illinois, there are local chapters all throughout. And what we did was, you know, we we found a, a posting saying, hey, we have $10,000. We're going to give it away as a, you know, a startup competition. And this is, again, so perfect for people who are trying to get started with something, because all it takes is just a little bit of time investment from you saying, this is my idea. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to build it. Uh, this is where I want to be. This is how I'm going to make money. It's, again, very simple stuff. And you you pitch. You pitch your idea. And $10,000 to a new business is phenomenal, right? Oh, uh, my gosh. Not to mention yeah. all of the social capital that comes with that. So the connections and everything else, uh, you know, just it keeps paying back. Which uh, I would argue is actually win, the more it's, valuable it's more, part. Yeah, it's, more valuable. Right, the, the, the cash is great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But but mm-hmm. over time, that re- those relationships and those connections pay yep. way more dividends. You, like like you now, hang, we have a really... Exactly. We have a really good relationship with the, you know, SBDC here. Uh, and small, small business they, development yeah. consortium corporate something. Uh, yeah. Something, yeah, like, yeah, that. something <laughs> okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. I just know that collective SBDC. So, okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, but uh, you know, they, they are, they are amazing. Um, and the, the team there is, they, they just, you know, they're happy to work with us too. And they're excited. And when new opportunities come up, they're literally emailing us all the time saying, Hey, there's this new opportunity coming up. Like, you know, this is a reverse career fair where, you know, the businesses come and they try and woo the, you know, like uh, graduates or, you know, undergraduates or whatever, uh, you know, to coming in and working with them. And it's like, okay, well, Hey, that might actually be cool because we can network with other smart people Mm -hmm. that, you know, might have something to do with 3d printing, but you know, we can actually leverage them. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, and all of this, we wouldn't actually have been, you know, like, uh, been able to participate in or even know of if we didn't know where to look. And, uh, you know, these connections are just so valuable. Um, again, even if you don't win, use it as a, as an experience so that you can tailor what you've did before to what you're going to do hopefully next time and get better, right? Don't yeah. give up, yeah. just pivot, just keep iterating. Um, Listen so. guys, your job as a startup is to survive <laughs> long enough to succeed. Yes. Like that is yes. literally it, which is so it's, which is such a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> it is such a war of attrition, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the dollars are your soldiers, right? So it's like, you just yep. need to survive uh, long enough to win. And, and if you, yeah. that's really what any successful love business has, has yeah. in common is that they were mm-hmm. just so unbelievably relentless. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, I've, I've said this before. It's one of my favorite quotes, but a buddy of mine, the very successful business guy said like, as a business owner, you have to learn to love the taste of your own blood because you are going to get <laughs> beaten and bloodied and battered. I mean, we were talking this morning just before the show. Mm-hmm. Every yep. day, there's just something that just wants to knock you down, and and uh, yep. you know, and 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 you just want to ah, this isn't even worth it. But the truth is, you take a step back, you sleep on it, you whatever, and you say like, these are all solvable problems. 
You solve enough yep. problems, you get to go home. You uh, yeah, yep. survive long <laughs> enough, and you get to retire, hopefully, uh, with something that you built. Um, uh, yeah, that, gross yeah. oversimplification, but uh, yeah. I mean that's that's really what's at the heart of it. Um, okay, listen, it's story time, guys. That means uh, we're calling you out. Call in, share, yeah, share a story with us. I know there's plenty of you in there. I see Nero. I see you. I see a lot of people we haven't heard from before. Uh, share a story of a time you got created. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to have a business. It can just be a creative solution that you were able to leverage from your skill set as a maker to solve a problem, save yourself some money, save yourself some time. We want to hear about it. Suck it up. Call in. Be brave. <laughs> Uh, share. Uh, what other stories do you have while we're waiting for people oh, to gosh. gain some bravery, uh, <laughs> Andrew? What, what other stories well, do you have about creative solutions that have gotten you where you are? Well, yeah. So, you know, I was uh, I was talking about how we were cutting the labels by hand, right? And yep. then, uh, you know, saving up so that we could eventually get a better machine so that we can then start cutting our our, our chemical resistant vitin rubber for our seals. Um, and then, you know, eventually again, saving up so that we can, um, you know, we knew we had, uh, we, we used to source, uh, metal, cla uh, metal closures, brush top closures for our bottles, okay. uh, from national novelty brush company. And, uh, they, you know, they were cheap rubber cement style brush tops. They sucked. They constantly leaked. We constantly had issues with them. And we knew that at some point we had to get over it. We had that we had to get our own our own caps. But we knew that that was so expensive. Right. All right. To have an injection mold made, it was like twelve thousand oh, dollars. That's just molding mold. is so expensive. And and yeah. so so, you know, this is again where we're like, OK, well, how can we just keep the business alive at, so that we can eventually afford that injection mold? Right. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, it was just literally it was all about, OK, well, you know, trying to find different ways to close the cap, trying to find like we tried 3D printed torque wrenches. We tried 3D, you know, like, uh, you know, how do we how do we store the bottles, you know, for long term storage, you know, mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. in refrigerators, that sort of stuff, just to, you know, make for sure that uh, we, we could keep inventory, but also at the same time, give it you know, the, the best possible chance, uh, putting inert gas into the reaction vessels. Um, we tried all of these things and all of that went into saving up enough to get to the point where we could get our caps injection molded just and get you to know, mold. once just get to molding. just get to mold. Okay. And then once we knew that, like we knew that molding wasn't even the end solution because molding was only going to get us a thermoplastic and we needed essentially a phenolic material. Mm. Um, but we knew that if we get the mold and we get, you know, the, the cheaper injection molded pieces made, then the next time when we go to order, we can then say, Hey, let's modify the mold now and let's get the phenolic material ready so that then we can, you know, actually solve this problem once and for all. Um, and, and so we're not there yet, but gosh, dang it. We're so dang close. It's, it's, it's right there, but, um, <laughs> you, you know, it. You know I, I can't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you how, you know, how, how many little things that we've stepped through. Um, so with our new caps, right, we've, we've done, uh, six different seals 
uh, just to make them seal better each time. Uh, mm-hmm. This was, again, kind of, you know, okay, hey, this solution, you know. Now, one of those, most recently, we had a misstep, and some of the bottles are now exploding and shipping. And it's like, Ugh. okay, well, <laughs> we know Body that that's blow. not the solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's mm, it's those shot. little things where, where we where you know we have been so focused on okay do we have the ability like to to change the seals do we have the ability to change um uh you know the the manufacturer or the material uh for the longest time uh again we've been still cutting our seals or wiper seals on a cricket mm. but now for the first time we actually will have injection molded seals that are made out of a thermal set fluoroelastomer rubber yeah so finally after four four years and some change have we finally sourced you know parts where we don't have to do anything to we just get them in and we assemble it that's (laughs) that's the hustle though you gotta hustle your way there if you don't Mm -hmm. have the ability to just buy it outright and and so you know we had we had an opportunity to have the 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 seals cut for us uh you know a couple years ago um by a die cutting machine uh but still we could produce them ourselves for cheaper and it it was one of those things where like okay well yeah we're not really valuing our time correctly but it allows us to save just you know a little bit, 30 cents each cap or something like that. I think it was even less. It was like 20 cents each bottle. But yeah. over the course of, you know, a couple of years where you sell thousands upon thousands of bottles, it adds up. And so we oh literally just, we set up an account. We're like, okay, for the money we're going to save, it's going to go into that account. We're not going to touch it. We're just going to set it in there and we're going to build it over time until the point where it finally makes sense that we can then jump and we can get the injection molded seals now um you know for for our bottles but had we not made the original investment in getting the new upgraded machine to cut the original you know viton rubber it's you know to begin with who knows where we would be right so you got to backtrack it all um yeah so (laughs) you know you know what's interesting to me about that is it's that's almost a, a a benefit a lot of the times that you're forced down that road. And let me, uh, let me elaborate on mm-hmm. what I mean that um, if you just had the money from the jump, if you were venture funded mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like yep. when it's not your money, you, yep. you're not motivated to save and to be creative in the same way. And so it's just like your burn rate, you're spending cash, throwing money at problems that you think you have that may not be there. We, this goes back to the MVP minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. You need to prove out that you have a viable product before you start throwing a ton of resources yes. at it. Right. And yes. so you earn that right. And you have established like there is enough demand here to warrant this. And we will come up with a solution. You know, mm-hmm. I deal with that all the time. Like I could be die cutting a lot of our sheet pa- uh, stuff. We could be doing, you know, packaging mm-hmm. that way and all that stuff. But I don't do it intentionally because I embrace that pivot, right? I need to yep. know that if this dries up or if this isn't as successful as I, I think it's going to be, I'm not out $20,000. I'm only out, you know, my time. And and again, there's that, that balancing. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like your reward yep. is 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 proving out the model and then spending the money and and it is it's so lost in this day because like yep. all the sexy headlines out there in the world are about 
how much money people raise to start a business and we've lost oh, yes. our way with the fundamentals because mm-hmm. money has gotten so cheap and by that I mean like the cost of borrowing money and being able to 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 start a multi-billion dollar business with somebody else's cash you know it's yeah. just it's it's gross in a lot of ways I guess to me it's not I mean it's not it's just a different yep. way to do it and and well yeah so many founders really think that they all of their problems can be solved by money when in reality, most of their problems can be solved by just thinking through them with ingenuity. It, that's exactly yeah. right. And that is where yeah. we as makers need to recognize and excel and leverage this more than mm-hmm. this. But, uh, yep. it, 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 it's lost on a lot of people because it's, it takes a lot more work, right? You mm-hmm. gotta put in the work. And I think, yep. You know, a lot of people are just looking for, of course, it'd be, I would love to play with house money, right? It's like, oh, it's not, but, oh, yeah. but that's not a path to a successful business. Think about how many companies fold, especially when they're young, it's a first venture. I mean, venture capitalists mm-hmm. can speak like, what, what are they, what are they doing well if they're like successful in one of 30 ventures or one in 20 something, something like that? Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. terrible, re, you know, return rate. But again, they're just looking at the aggregate, throw money at the problem, uh, and yep. hopefully one of them strikes it big, right? And then you're doing yep. you're doing great, um, y- y- you know, great. Well, you know, I, like I, I had a I had a previous venture, right? And that previous startup, we raised like two and a half million dollars, and we threw money at problems instead of actually being super creative ourselves, trying to come up with you know ingenuitive ways to 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 save money. Down this road later. Yeah, later, later uh, in the company's life, we started doing that, but it was a little bit too little, too late. Um, and you know, yep. it, it, yeah, it, it didn't work. It didn't work out in the end, um, which is again one of the the catalysts for why we've done things here the way that we have is just figuring out ways that that work so that we can get to the next problem. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep, uh, you know, keep getting to those next problems. James Blackburn in the chat, bootstrap or bust is my policy. I'm with you, brother. Um, if you aren't willing to throw your own uh, skin mm-hmm. and sweat and cash into the game, like, is it really worth doing? That's the question that I, you know, often ask. Uh, again, it's not 100% of the time. There's plenty of success stories out there. Uh, there are plenty of people that, that, that have moderate success, but then fly too close to the sun because there is that tendency. We, we talk about mm-hmm. this as you go. It's like, okay, now I got to invest a little bit more. Now I got to invest a little mm-hmm. bit more in the next day. And every step along the way, you may, you're probably adding a zero to, you know, your expenses and your re- revenues and the, 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 the stakes mm-hmm. are higher, right? Like, yep. It's it's almost like it's like a sick gambling addiction in a, in a way where you maybe you start at the you start at the five dollar table, and uh, yep. you're, you know if you're lucky you get to the high roller table, but you could go bankrupt every step along the way, right? Yep. Uh, and yeah. survive long enough to get out of the casino. Um, yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, maybe that's not the best yeah. analogy, but you know you know what I mean. Um, yep. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I'll share. Let me share a story, if I may. Um, awesome. Let's hear it. Yeah. Of of just kind of some creative. So, so first, I want to step back and I want to you know, shout out Mitch uh, uh, on Twitter, um, the Mitch Twenty Two. If you're not following him, you should check him out. Mm-hmm. But he's known for uh, his uh, backpack 3D printer. He walks around with the Delta at uh, at Murph. Very creative individual. But he had a tweet earlier in the week that actually inspired the topic. 
of uh, doing more with less because he was he was just struggling with like how do I find a space you know for what for what I'm doing like uh, um, uh, to you know I can't. I don't have the money to just like buy a facility outright or rent a facility. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of rental places won't allow me to just put my shop equipment in there. Uh, I had a chat with him offline this morning and he said, actually just ended up renting an entire house that had a garage so that I could put my, my gear in it. And I know Joel telling has done similar so that he could have a studio. I think there are creative solutions out there. They kind of thought outside mm-hmm. the box more I'm like, maybe this isn't a traditional business space, but there's, opportunity out there uh, if you look for it get on craigslist find somebody that might be renting around here there's a ton of people with barns that they're not using you know and so if you can find Mm. one that's powered and uh you know you can make it you know get your start somewhere uh and and don't throw a ton of cash at the problem right uh Mm -hmm. so you know mitch kind of got my wheels turning and got me thinking about my own stories one of the things that i've done and as part of my hustle was like okay i want equipment for specific projects or specific products that i'm trying to build and sell a lot of you guys know that i am super big advocate of belt printing i love belt printing i love automation systems right i I like we we Mm -hmm. we talk all the time about how custom is uh um and when i say we i mean in their shop like custom is expensive spending the time to quote individual onesie twosie i don't do one-off products. I like to focus on how do I invest a bunch of time and energy in creating a system that can then Mm -hmm. create income for me repetitively over time. Sure. And the best way to do that in mind, but like I love manufacturing for that reason, like creating product to drive Mm -hmm. the business and then filling in gaps perhaps with keeping the machines busy by farming it out for print service or whatever is a great way to do it. But I like belt printing. And so I said, okay, Um, I think with 10 belt printers, I could do X, right? No, that's going to cost me 10 grand if I, you know, if I'm just paying retail, Mm -hmm. uh, why don't I hit up Creality and say like, I'll resell belt printers. What, like, how can I get the best rate possible for these? Uh, and they said, yeah, we're we're happy to have you be a reseller and stuff. And so like, I ended up getting a hundred of them, which required a huge investment, go to the, getting a loan and stuff like that. And then sell off all the ones that I didn't want to keep to fund the ones that I did want to keep. Right. There you Um, go. Scary. Cause lots of money. (laughs) They all, thankfully they all end up selling. We ended up creating a couple products around it because I love creating products that solve a problem for me. And if that is the case, then it's probably solving a problem for 10, 15, hundred thousand other people out there. Uh, we've made more money selling upgrade kits and enhancements and stuff to the thing than the original printers and stuff now. And I, you know, had no expectation of that, but it's been great because it's been driving my own innovation. It's been making us, uh, uh, create stuff that has become more and more useful for us that then we're in turn able to leverage in a different way. And so thinking outside the box in terms of like, how can I get what I need uh, and how can I get other, <laughs> as, as silly as that sounds, how can I get other people to pay for it? How can I, how can I, you know, do stuff? So again, it's a crack, you know, like I had to front some cash in order to do that. To me, it felt mm-hmm. like a worthwhile risk. I could have been hosed on that. The, uh, yep. you know, the, uh, the shop could have caught fire and burned up all my inventory. I mean, I have insurance, Oof. you know, stuff yeah. like that, but, but I mean, like it could have been major setbacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no guarantee that it's going to work, but that outside the box thinking, I think gets you to not just where you want to be, but oftentimes different places, right? Like I said, we we took it 
even further than I expected. And so, you know, try to find mm-hmm. your creative solutions in a similar way. I don't know. What do you guys think of yeah. it? Um, let us know in the chat again. These are not Let's chatty, hear some stories. chatty people. Yeah, Nobody on. wants to call. <laughs> Please call us and talk. we're desperate for conversation. We are not. Uh, you know, I, I could just probably just sit here and talk to myself all day, but we don't want to do that. Um, I don't know. I think we need, uh, Andrew, just to, uh, as a pause, we may mm-hmm. need to have a, a, a come to Jesus moment about like the time of day. Cause I, I know we, we limit ourselves in the engagement thing dramatically sure. by being at the, you know, early middle of the work day for a lot of people on a Friday. Yeah. Maybe there is a better time uh, to do this. I think there probably is. As a yeah, there is, but you know, f- making it work with all the other uh, yeah, obligations mm-hmm. we have for business is also the, the challenge to that. So, yeah. but we have so much fun doing it and stuff. Uh, again, I think we've proven out maybe minimum viable product. Maybe it's time we yeah. invest a little bit more in in this uh, uh, engagement in the same way. We got to put yeah. our money where our mouth is, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Noon. It's lunchtime. That's right. Lunch and learn, Grant. Uh, you need, you have a ton of thoughts too. I know you, my friend, I, why you haven't called in yet. I, shame, shame on you. Shame. We love talking to Grant over at 3d Musketeers. Well, uh, what do you think? Any more stories before we wrap up? Oh man, there are too many stories, <laughs> I know. but which ones are the right ones? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a wrong answer to that. Right. Like I said, sure. if it sparks some creativity, if it inspires some other people, I mean, I think that that's the thing. And if we're having fun again, yep. that's that, that's all that really yep. matters to me. Um, I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just happy to be here. You know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and frankly, I'm just trying to survive to the next trade show because I uh, that's like my fuel and my energy right there. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Not just Earth, man. There are so many other great ones. Like I really want to go to Form Next this year, which is in Frankfurt. I really want to. Let's go back to Earth real quick. I don't know um, who was it that was who was who was it that was asking about getting a booth at Earth. Um, Uh, Michal, Michal. He's saying, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, like we launched Gloop at Earth. That's right. Uh, you know, That's right. You did. Yeah. Earth. And, and every year we went back and we had a goal that we were going to sponsor at the next highest level we could. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, the the second year that Earth was there, I think we were a gold sponsor because uh, it was it was in the cards. And this year we are a platinum sponsor. Like we we're like at top of the line. Like you can't really go up much further than that. Um, and that's not not necessarily to brag. It's to say like. Uh, you know, we started at Earth as an exhibitor and we showed our product, our project off at the time. It, yes, we were trying to raise on Kickstarter, but it was just us showing people in the community what we were. No one knew us at all. Nope. And once people started, you know, once people started to, you know, look and see, well, wait, what are you doing? This is kind of interesting. Then it started to spread. And it was literally the event that launched us. Uh, you know, had we not gone to Earth, our Kickstarter wouldn't have been fun, uh, you know, funded successfully. Who knows if, you know, we would have been where we are today. Like I said earlier, we didn't need the Kickstarter to fund, but it w- we're sur- super happy it did because it gave us some extra capital to continue. Uh, it definitely like motivated us to say, OK, hey, this is it. This is cool. This is our opportunity. We're not going to screw this up. We're going to go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so yeah, you know, like 
I, I don't just like you said, I, there's no time like the present. You know, if you're if you're seriously interested, just just do it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, worst case is, is that, you know, it, it'll cost you a little bit of money to either get there or set up the booth or whatever. But but hopefully you're you enjoying number, it and going around yeah, and the see, number of like, interactions. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be worth it. Listen, so. I, I've always said like those shows are not you, you can't go into it with the mindset that, like I'm going to come here and I'm going to sell stuff and it's going to pay for itself in that way. I mean, mm-hmm. some people do do that, but I, I think yep. that's pretty rare. And the real value is in the branding, is in the community yep. experience and all of that stuff. And it's long tail stuff. That I mean, by that I mean like it's long con, baby. You got to it's not a con. It's a it's the long game, right? You got to invest mm-hmm. in being here, show people you're going to be around, show up at these things the same way, uh, uh, you know, that if you want to be a streamer, you know, you have to be consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's consistency for your brand. It's visibility for your brand. I often say that your marketing challenge when you're first getting started is not, you don't have, you never have a sales problem. You have an awareness problem. You yep. need to get your signal out above the noise, right? You're not just going to be able to like start up a Facebook page, start up a Twitter account and all that stuff and expect everybody's going to know who you are, right? There's still people on a daily basis. We've been around six years and they're like, I've never heard of Repcord before. I don't expect them to, right? And there's tons of opportunity. Joel keeps telling me like, when are you going to get on TikTok? When are you getting on TikTok? And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. And like, I know there's like whole (laughs) communities out there in segments. Same thing with Instagram. I don't leverage any of that nearly as well as mm-hmm. I need to. But again, I'm doing the best that I can with the resources that I have available. And f- like your injection molding, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yes, I want to get to where I can put putting out regular, you know, videos on yep. YouTube and, and awesome photos on Insta and doing TikToks and all that stuff. I, I love that. I love that engagement. I love, you know, everything mm-hmm. about that. I think that that's that always pays off. That's worthy. That's uh, worthy of your time and investment. Um, yep. But you know, yeah, you're going to have to spend a little money to get there sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, plan on it and plan on that investment and stuff. And there's a huge world we live in where as makers, it's um, expansive and it's growing every day because it covers so much stuff. We got our yep. start in the 3d printing specific niche of making, but yep. obviously there is, there oh, are woodworking so communities. There are uh, a cosplay and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, all sorts of other all sub niches <laughs> and stuff, right. That, that fall into that category. So being, being a part of that. So I, to sum up what let's, let's go through the list of strategies that, that I feel like we've talked about that have served us in some, maybe that we maybe mm-hmm. just kind of glossed over, but uh, you know, obviously the big ones are if you don't have the money, Okay. The, mm-hmm. the ways to go about it is like, you gotta, you gotta use your brain. You yep. gotta think about how to hustle, right? Like in terms of like, mm-hmm. okay, what is it that I can do to, to get the things that I need to run my business? What are the tools out yep. there? Who are the people that I can partner with? You know, like don't try to mm-hmm. do it alone. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean taking on a business partner, but like get out and be in the community and yep. meet other people and stimulate your brain. And who knows, you may find something that, that's there. You may find people that are willing to help you for very little money because they're 
they're interested. The makerspace that I was at was fantastic. There were a lot of retired engineers that were there just because it was fun. Mm-hmm. And they, they were more than willing to offer all kinds of amazing expertise simply because it was something that they want to do. They didn't necessarily want to go into business, but if you're, if you've got a specific project and you can give, you know, time and be mm-hmm. there and be active, like you can leverage a lot of skill set and intelligence out there. I'm not saying be a sucker, you know, it's going to, you need yep. to give back as well, right? Like you need to exactly participate as mm-hmm. well. Okay, but there are there are other there are ways to go about like finding resources that you may not have by being part of a community. We didn't talk about open source at all, but that's a oh, huge yeah. huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. I was talking about being built on the shoulders of giants, right? Like yep. there are tons of companies and and uh, that are out there that would not be where they are were it not for the open source community, right? Yep. Prusa got its start in the open source community. Uh, there's been some controversy around some people that may not be doing that appropriately. And by that, I mean like they're not abiding by terms of, of licensing yep. and stuff like that. So obviously do your research, be a good citizen in these communities, give back to these communities, but synergy is real guys. Like I, I mm-hmm. think that leveraging past expertise, not trying to reinvent the wheel, all of these mm-hmm. things are are what you need to be thinking as a maker to really kind of get to the next level. Even if you don't want to do a business, if you want to just like yep. get your designs to the next level, same, I think yep. same kind of thing that those, Absolutely. Are the, those are the things you need to be thinking about. What else have I forgotten? Oh, other strategy. Oh, you mentioned a good one. Uh, finding grant, funding uh, yeah, out grant, there yeah grant funding programs. local mm-hmm, local competitions you know local uh you know leveraging local networking events uh you know if you're if you're a maker and you're building stuff that's local um you know there there are probably you know again local e- either meetups or um you know again networking events that that you can go to uh craft shows craft fairs those sorts right. of things right um you know, just it, it start. The there's no, there's are. no, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, there's no harm in starting very small, and there's, there's no harm in taking some risks either, too. Yep. So, yeah, we got to do it. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. you're gonna have, you know, no, nothing. Ideas, I like to say, are worth zero, absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. It's execution yep. that is worth something. And so, yep. when you can combine a great idea with good execution, that's a winning thing, and that's where you need to be mm-hmm. thinking. Uh, one last thing I thought of, it, it's somewhat antiquated, but a, a lot of you may not realize you have a fantastic resource where you live oftentimes. Your local chamber of commerce is a fantastic starting mm-hmm. point um, because even if there aren't chamber members that are specific to what you're doing, the people that run those things are very plugged in in the community yes. and no, they're like, Oh, you need to go talk to so-and-so or, Oh, you're into uh leather work. Uh, have you gone, have you talked to this? And a lot of, a lot of successful companies out there are run by people like us that, that want to mm-hmm. see other people succeed. I know that we talk yep. a lot about the fear of competition and wanting to keep things closer, but yes, those people exist out there. And yes, that is a, a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am much more of a, like, we will get much further working together uh, than, mm-hmm. than doing the proprietary thing. That's, that's just my jam. Again, everybody has different, yep. some people are way more into patents and like I said, trade secrets, keeping stuff and, and, and there's a balance for all that thing. Mm-hmm. But the point is uh, it's the, it's the people that you meet. It's the networking that will ultimately lead you down a path that you, you will never come up with on your own. Um, mm-hmm. 
you can spend your entire life just sitting by yourself trying to think of stuff and never stimulate the parts of your brain that you will yep. by being a social creature. We are social creatures, guys. Like, And I know yes. that doesn't come easy, especially to a lot of people in this space. I think there's a lot more introversion sometimes. And so see, finding extroverted makers and stuff like that that are willing to communicate and share is not always the easiest thing. But I, I talk mm-hmm. to people all the time at Murph and stuff that say, like, I need these things because I need to flex that part of my body, my body that I don't yep. normally. Right. Yep. Like it is hard for me to get out and talk to people. I have anxiety. I have that, but you know, challenge yourself, you know, confront that mm-hmm. because it will lead to just amazing things. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's a lot. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> if I got up on the soapbox too much and, uh, I think it's great know, proselytize. I think it's great, whatever. but, uh, I, I hope that's of use to you guys. As always, we like to disclaim, we don't pretend to have it all figured out. We're just showing no. some stuff that's worked for us. And, uh, the road is still fraught and perilous and who knows we could all, it could all fold tomorrow, right? Andrew, it could all come tumbling it, down it, tomorrow. It, uh, it literally can, but yes. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Um, as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I think this is a great place to wrap. Uh, we look forward to doing it again next week. Next week, maybe a special one uh, yeah. because uh, my buddy here is coming out to visit. So we may do one uh, live and in person. Yeah. Together. So I got to think about where we're going to set that up. But that should be fun, right? Like an in that the flesh. That should be fun. In the flesh yeah. edition. And uh, we'll tweet out what the subject matter is. But we hope to catch you guys on another one uh, soon. And we've got to get back to getting our uh, guest list together. I see Courtney. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I haven't forgotten. Mm -hmm. I'll reach out. We really want to have you on talk about film and stories, um, um, Mm -hmm. business success. And, and uh, there've been some other people that, that uh, I'm excited to, to have in future episodes. So tune in for that. And uh, we will hopefully catch you on another one until then uh, keep on making. And uh, we love you all. Have a great weekend everybody See ya, everyone bye-bye and we are clear stop that stop that oh.